Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 67 of Dead Man's Chest. I was waiting for anything from you. I wasn't going to give anything. I ain't got nothing is what you're going to say, right? Yep. There you go. In the previous minute... Davy Jones slips Captain Jack Sparrow his willies, literally giving him a writhing, slimy tentacle experience that could make any grown man or pirate blush and smell a bit like the catch of the day. God. What? I'm just reading the recap. I know. Yet unlike any of Jack's previous encounters, this one managed to cure his bubonic plague-like black spot. Doctors do say symptoms may come and go. Speaking of recurring diseases, the extent of Cutler Becca's reach makes his Way to the Edinburgh Trader, where the East India Company's math wizards have provided Captain Bellamy with an accurate accounting of fees due. Hey, it's the 18th century. Nobody will notice. <laughs> I just realized I described uh, Captain Beckett, or Lord Cutler Beckett, as diseased. Yeah. A disease. Happy well, accident. Kinda. Bob Ross. I said speaking of diseases, and recurring diseases. <laughs> huh, I think that turned out... Pretty well, actually. Yeah, I do too. Minute 67 begins with Quartermaster finishing his line. E. Port left in these waters. <laughs> Damn that dot, dot, dot. That's what happens when you break in the middle of free. There's still some E's that are left over when you start the next minute. Captain bumps back. Pirate port is what you mean. Well, I'm sorry. An honest sailor is what I am. I make my living fair and I sleep well each night. Thank you. As he is wrapping up his morality tale, an apparition swishes by the captain's quarters windows. The captain, who had his back to the currents, reacts to the quartermaster and bursers fear. The minute ends with Bellamy saying, look, over there, look for a sign. The crew run to the side of the ship and look towards the water. Elizabeth, the puppeteer, gets annoyed. Quartermaster points and yells, look there. That's a hasty breakdown. Yes, it is. Yeah, it was. But it was like uh, poetry. The way it just rolls right off my tongue. Because I've said it before and I hate to travel down this road again. But I think we find ourselves in a Scooby Scooby-Doo. Where are you? We've got some work to do now. Minute. Because this minute is almost a blatant ripoff of any Scooby-Doo episode. But it's still mm, fun. Yeah. I love it. Even if I do have some problems with it. Scooby-Doo problems. It is here. I mean, seriously. This is Scooby-Doo action. Yeah. Almost down to the letter, for God's yeah. sakes. I mean, I loved Scooby-Doo when I was a kid. Like those great 80s episodes. Everything from the theme song to the mysteries to the characters. But there was one thing that always got me. The mystery bus? The mystery. Hey, get the hell out of here. How dare you? You need to step back, George. (laughs) (laughs) 
the mystery bus. Mystery machine. I corrected you. myself. Not quick enough. <laughs> you should have corrected that in your skull before you blatantly threw that out. Anyways, the one thing that got me was the link between the supposedly supernatural element that never quite connected properly with the surprise ending. Because I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling kids kind of deal. Okay? The real world explanation was never as good like when they showed it working as it was when they were actually encountering the ghost or the spirit. And then they Sherlock Holmes the mystery, right? Yeah. Because there were these strings and rails and all that stuff that was invisible when they first saw it. But then when they solve the mystery, you see all this other paraphernalia. You're like, well, right. how was that to begin with? Yeah. But there it is. When they solve it, oh, there's a lot of strings and pulleys here. <laughs> it's like, where was that to begin with? <laughs> they weren't looking for that stuff. I guess not. But that's what it was. And so this is what's happening here with Elizabeth and the Edinburgh Trader crew. They're Scooby-Doing it. Yeah. Because the dress is floating around. Elizabeth, the puppet master here, completely looks like a free-floating, full-torso, vaporous apparition that blew books off shelves from 20 feet away and <laughs> scared the socks off some poor librarian. Or a quartermaster in this case. Yes. You know what that's from? You don't know what that's from. That's like the only line I can actually remember from Ghostbusters besides like it slimed oh. me or whatever it was. That was the one line that I have known as a kid forever watching that. Oh, that's the greatest line from Ghostbusters that I thought. Oh. Man, so disappointing. Sorry. When it flies by the window, though, the dress, and then it, like, when it floats and it points, it is, like, superb. I don't, I'm guessing CG effects, special effects, but it's superb effects in action, we'll just well, say. Well, the ruffles even point. That's what I'm saying. But they should have added the strings to this thing. Give us a more realistic look of it. Something that distinguishes it from the actual supernatural stuff we find in the franchise. Because this is literally just another supernatural element happening They here. showed you her. They showed the... her, but I wanted to see... She was puppeteering it. I wanted to see strings dangling with the dress. It was dark. You couldn't see. Oh, I could see fine. <laughs> and I didn't see any. Because I didn't see anything. There. I did. You did not. I seen... You've seen her doing it. And you see the strings. Clearly, there's nice strings there. The wire. Yeah, I've seen it. But where was it on the dress? Because... That wasn't the realistic. It, it's like, it was not realistic. It's not realistic. Because it's not realistic, it's not realistic. Does that make sense? No. I think it does. If it's not realistic looking, then it's not realistic. It needed to be, okay, whatever. Because we do see Elizabeth, like you said, controlling the wires. Yeah. Just have some wires hanging down. My thing was, is how'd she get it all over that boat? From that one standing position. She's a puppeteer master. <laughs> it was all over the place. That's what I'm saying. You needed to show some strings for that thing. And that's why this is Scooby-Doo cartoon stuff here. I would be okay with it if we had a bit of a Plan 9 from Outer Space fishing line thing going on. That's kind of what I wanted to see. Yeah. Oh, I remember. <laughs> okay. On top of it, you have... I mean, we've seen all the ropes on these ships, right? Yeah. So how is she swinging that thing all over the place without getting caught up in all the ropes? The rigging. Okay, the rigging. It's ropes. It's still ropes. Even though you call it rigging, it is still rope material. Rope material now. Yeah. It's a good point. She is a, she's a master dodger. Of yeah. The, there's can, no way. Trust me. If I were to try and do that, I could get that thing so tangled in an instant. Right. 
Right. But if I like wanted to get something tangled, I couldn't do it. But if I was just trying to accidentally like go through and not get it tangled, that's when it'd become a tangled nightmare. Yeah. It's like a million to one shot, Doc. A million to one. <laughs> that she got that uh, through there. Gore and the CG team should have been like, they should have loosened up on those reins a bit here. Like a down and dirty shot. Giving us some behind the scenes string action. Either way, though, it does still work, even with me nitpicking it. Yeah. Because the scene does lend itself to some great cinematography, though. There's like this really cool moment that I saw. Bellamy moves forward, and then the camera moves forward at the same time. I thought that was oh, really yeah. cool. Creates this that shot really cool. that emphasizes his realization that the ghost dress is like a message or something. A sign for him. And then he says that it was a sign, or there's a sign, or whatever he says. Just as like the close-up reaches this climax. Yeah. It's like perfectly executed. That's what I'm saying. And then, of course, like Elizabeth gives the, why do I have to deal with men look? Yeah, right? <laughs> Stupid men. <laughs> yeah. She's like, this is ridiculous. I set this whole thing up, went to all this trouble. Notice I didn't get anything tangled here. And then they run to look over the freaking side of the ship. Yeah. You're missing the point here, boys. It's like she has the best looks throughout the franchise. Yeah. She nailed those facial expressions that, like, you don't even really need words to make it happen or to understand. And that brings her, that, like, performance back to, say, Curse of the Black Pearl and even this thing. You know, just her performance is usually outstanding and this is no exception. Let's just right. say that. yeah. It's like the facial expressions when she tumbles off Fort Charles. She doesn't have to say anything. We know what's going on. Right. And this is why she's a pirate herself. She got tired of like trying to manipulate men only to realize that she needs to actually put them on a leash to get them to follow the bouncing ball properly. She's like, <laughs> I just got to become a pirate. These guys are ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, no. And all of this works for the crew. This ghost, this ghostly dress, this full torso vaporous apparition. <laughs> yeah. You know where that's from? Uh, I just told you like two <laughs> seconds ago. Ghostbusters. I'm almost going to have to ask you to leave the studio here. That's incredible. That really was incredible. I got it. I that just... shows that you're sleeping during the show most of the time. No. No, not most of the time, but sometimes, no, yeah. No, never. Almost never. Never. Because it's the old-timey superstitions that they adhere to, these yeah. crew. Because I found the following excerpt well, from... What? What are you going to say? Oh, oh, you pause. I pause. Yeah. You're not going on. I'm just going to roll with what I'm going to say. And then I'll say you decide to jump in. You're sitting there working away. Okay. You're working away. Banging your ingot. Yeah. Will Turner style. And all of a sudden you see something fly by a window. Yeah. Okay. Then you get your, it kind of gives you the willies. Of course it would. Then you go out there and you see a dress flying around. It's completely dark. You don't know what's going on. And there's this dress flying around. That's why if they added the strings, it would have been realistic and okay. Because you wouldn't have been focused on that. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying... I know what you're saying. I'm just saying because you're so focused on that, your superstition radar is now up. That's why you wouldn't focus on any potential strings. Mm, That's all I'm saying. Yeah. What? Nothing. Why are you staring? I'm just waiting for more pithy information. I don't have any. Hell. I was saying, I found an excerpt from a book that I wanted to share because I figured we got to bring some uh, historical element to this. And this was about the superstitions of old-timey sailor kind of things here. It's actually from the historic Christmas tree ship, a true story of faith, hope, and love by Rochelle Pennington. Rochelle Rochelle? Exactly. That's the first thing that I saw 
and thought of when I saw that name. It's like, Seriously? oh my God, Seinfeld. I was like, oh, Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> Wasn't it like a young woman's journey from Milan to Minsk? That it was. <laughs> Something like that. An erotic journey or whatever it was. Maybe that's what it was. Now everybody's going to be running to their video stores to check out Rochelle, Rochelle. Their video stores. Hey, I said their video stores. <laughs> Anyways, here's, a, here's the excerpt. It would be easy to scoff at the superstitions held by sailors. Easy to raise one's eyebrows in amusement when hearing of the omens sailors were convinced would determine their fate while sailing on the open waters, to pass each off with a laugh. But to the men who devoted their lives to shipping, who grasped... Grasped? I got another SP thing going on here. So when I'm like saying it on here, I can't say it. Now I've ruined the whole quote. But you have. Anyways, who grasped... <laughs> with white-knuckled hands as their boat was tossed like a bathtub toy during a tumultuous storm. These beliefs were more than mere folklore. They were a matter of life and death. Superstitions were not passed off lightly, but were deeply held beliefs. And that ties in exactly what's going on here. This is why the crew is looking for a sign. And I'm surprised they didn't like feel a threat at first. Yeah. Because they were automatically making that leap. It was delivering a sign. And I maybe would have expected some like runaway action at first. You know, some more Scooby-Doo style. It was pointing though. That's true. I expected them to like try be trying to run, but they're slipping like Shaggy and Scooby would do, and they can't yeah. catch any traction. And I maybe, like I said, I, well, maybe because it was pointing. You're right that they're like, wait, it's trying to tell us something. Yeah. As a po- but even then, though, would you just be more like, I got to get away from that, or you're like, oh, 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 it's pointing. It's trying to tell them something. You'd at least want to hide behind some barrels on the ship, wouldn't you? I guess they're kind of hiding there. Kinda. There's really no place. To go? Yeah. You're on a ship. That's true. Where are they going to go? Exactly. Go down below? They'll just follow them. I'm going down below then. I'd give it a shot. I'm not going to stay up there with it. (laughs) Then you could peek peek out and see what's going on. That's true. Speaking of ghost ships, though, or ghost on ships, not necessarily ghost ships because we're not talking ghost ships. (laughs) No, maybe it is. It's ghost on ships. So uh, maybe break out the campfire? What do you say? Okay. Because... The Edinburgh Trader isn't the only haunted ship here. Because I have a list of the top five haunted ships. Are you ready for this? Yep. Are you sure you're ready for this? I'm ready. Queen Mary? Walk the plank. How dare you get to number one? How dare you? (laughs) You. Dang it. Talk about spoilers. What the hell, woman? Now you made me drop a woman. I'm going to be in trouble. Send all your hate mail to uh, Heather at the blackpearlshow.com. Blackpearlminute.com. Whatever it is. Anyways, before Heather ruined our top one, so I'll count it backwards till we get to the climax that's already been spoiled. <laughs> Number five is the USS Constitution. One of the nation's six original naval vessels, the USS Constitution earned its nickname Old Ironsides. <laughs> no, this isn't a reference to Raymond Burr. And I needed to throw that out since it really falls into our target demographics. You know, 60s TV shows that aren't anti-Griffith. <laughs> that episode brought to you by Geritol. <laughs> Anyways, Old Ironsides was the nickname of the ship because of its heroic actions during the War of 1812. Today, the three-masted frigate is docked along Boston's Freedom Trail next to the USS Constitution Museum. Crew members who sail it on special occasions claim that objects roll across the deck for no apparent reason, including a 24-pound cannonball. They also feel the presence attributed to soldiers who died in her service. Wow. Now, I wasn't really going to try and break this down, but a cannonball rolling, just 
I don't know, spheres, why? balls, roll, yeah, well, why a ship is... that may be rocking because of the waves, all that. Come on. Why is there a can- free cannonball? Just, just rolling around. Hey, that can it's like a BB-8. Just uh, wanders yeah. around the ship. Don't touch that cannonball. It's a free roaming cannonball. Free range cannonballs. <laughs> there you go. Well, you don't want the cannonballs all stacked there. It doesn't have anything for them to do. So if it's free range, then they just all go rolling about the deck. <laughs> Could work in your favor or not in your favor, depending on where the cannonballs are rolling around when you're in a battle. That's true. Like you could have a lot of cannonballs or you could be the guy on one side going, I have no cannonballs here. They all rolled away. Exactly. Number four, USS Constellation was also one of the original six naval ships. And the Constellation has had like this bloody past that includes the death of Seaman Neil Harvey, killed for falling asleep on duty. Well, that's pretty harsh. That it was. But you're risking the lives of everybody well, on that ship true. when you do that. Yeah. But there, I guess there but, are no second chances for yeah. this guy. Harvey is said to be mistaken for a costume tour guide by visitors to Pier 1 at the historic ships in Baltimore. People also report hearing the screams of a boy who was stabbed by two sailors on the ship in 1822. Wow. Yeah. You don't want that. I want to see the guy appear, though, in costume. There you go. Go take a tour. Maybe he'll be leading you around and he'll just disappear. And you go, oh my God, what was that? That'd be kind of cool, actually. You'll be done and they'll go, oh, your tour's just about to start. And you're like, I just had a tour. Uh, there's no tour guides here yet, madam. <laughs> That'd be kind of awesome, right? That they call you madam? That'd be kind of cool. No. Madam. No. It'd be kind of cool. I didn't say it wouldn't be. Have a ghost tour literally by a ghost? Yeah. There you go. I'm game. Number three, Star of India. Built in 1863, this tall ship has had several ghosts, including a young stowaway who was put to work and then slipped and fell to his death. Slipped and fell into the wet concrete below. <laughs> I was a sailor. I was born upon the tide. Then the sea I did abide. Sailed a schooner around the Horn of Mexico. Okay, anyway. You should probably leave it to the highwaymen. Yeah, the highwaymen. That's right. Thank you for bringing that up. Never heard that song before. Highwaymen by the highwaymen. So check it out. I guess we have some music for the, the outro here today. Anyways, slipped and fell to his death. And visitors to the Maritime Museum of San Diego have experienced cold spots where he reportedly hit the deck. And paranormal investigators have recorded several electronic voice phenomena, those EVPs, on yeah. board the ship. Yeah, I'm not sure I trust those things. I didn't say. I'm just reporting the facts, madam. It's fun to call you madam no. now. You accepted it. The Steam Ferry Berkeley, which is also part of the museum, is supposedly haunted by an injured crew member. Huh. So there you go. Number two is the USS Hornet. Considered one of the most haunted ships open for tours, this World War II era aircraft carrier operates today as the USS Hornet Museum. Staff and visitors claim to see vanishing bloodstains and apparitions. Wow. Including a sailor in dress whites. Really? Often photographs taken in the infirmary reveal shadowy figures lying in the beds and people routinely hear the voices of men talking as well as footsteps. And then you can participate in after-hour paranormal investigation tours on the USS Hornet and, if you're brave enough, even spend the night aboard. Wow. There you go. That's why it's number two. You can't get away from blood-stained no. apparitions appearing. And number one, because I know you've all been waiting for it, the surprise. Ah! <laughs> Dang you, Heather. <laughs> Queen Mary. RMS Queen Mary. At least 49 people died on board the Queen Mary when it served as a cunard passenger liner. Not to mention those who died when it served as a troop transport ship during World War II. So it's no wonder it was named one of the top 10 most haunted places in America. Not just ships. Top 10 
haunted places. Oh, yeah. It hits those TV shows all the time. That it does. Andy Griffith? No. Scooby-Doo. Like the, the investigation. Haunted Kitchen nightmares. Investigation. Top type. Chef? Okay. I'm done. People report hearing children in the nursery and seeing the ghost of a young sailor who died in the engine room. And the ship, which operates as both a museum and hotel, offers paranormal tours throughout the year. I was just talking to my mom because she stayed aboard that yeah. during a work thing a while back. And she didn't really see anything. And I probably should have had her like on the show to tell us about her experience because then I'm not going to really get into the whole thing. Because she gives it with the like the memory and the feelings and all that. Yeah. But she did get a little creeped out at some portions. And it was like there was some doors where you could kind of see through the double doors. You know, like the crack down the middle. Yeah. And so she didn't really like... She's sitting there, you know, something about like, you know, I don't really want to be sitting there and there's something peeking out from behind those double doors. (laughs) And then, you know, well, who wouldn't? You don't want to see an eyeball there, for God's sakes. No eyeballs in the doors. I don't want to see that. And, you know, and then plus she was down kind of, I don't remember exactly where, but she was down below deck for a ways. Yeah. And it was dark and there was nobody down there. And she was just like, "Ah, I probably shouldn't be down here anyways. And this was late at night. And then she ended up at another spot when some coworkers, but she didn't really see anything, but she felt like a weird kind of presence, if you will. Like she sensed something. And then apparently she mentioned something about that to a coworker. And the coworker said she felt something weird in the same spot as well. Hmm. So maybe we'll have her talk about it one of these days. Yeah. When we can actually have some good recording equipment. I didn't want to bring something that was like a bad sound across there and have her tell it. So yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit that. So that's all I got for this minute, though. I don't know if you have anything else. That's it for me. It's like a bit of Scooby-Doo, Haunted Chips, me butchering my mom's yeah. investigation, her paranormal investigation. <laughs> I, can like see, I can see your mom together. there with all the machines yeah. and everything. <laughs> How do you work this again? Yeah, exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what she said. I didn't say that. Heather said that. Sorry. There you go. Look at that. I don't know. I guess we'll just end on you uh, making fun no, of my mother. That's, that's where we're ending. Nice. We're ending on making fun I of my mother. I wasn't making fun. Hey, I said you were ending. She'll completely understand. We'll be back on Friday with minute 68 of Dead Man's Chest. At least one of us will be back. <laughs> Until then, Scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum and Heather. Keep the brow beating of my mother to a minimum. Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade. Many a soldier shed his life. You've been listening to the Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, soundcloud.com slash pirates of the caribbean that's for best of clips and by all means give us a plug and review on itunes we'd appreciate it mateys oh and let's not forget the facebook cursed crew listeners group for post episode discussions that's actually a lot to remember especially if you're in a foggy haze like heather just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button perhaps i should have just said that from the beginning
This is a Shoutreach Media production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music, that's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout-out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.